animation fans, and welcome to another episode of the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for animationforadults.com. My name is Rachel, and I am joined today by my fellow shinobi, Chris. Hello! And Dan. Hi! How's everybody? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to being called a shinobi. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, believe yeah, it. Yeah, hey. I don't... <laughs> oh! You actually Very said good. it, okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Was, that was good, that was good. If you couldn't tell, um, our main topic for today is, uh, since we've already covered a few uh, episodes of the podcast on other uh, it, our famous uh, animation titles or uh, uh, Japanese animation, uh, we've done Dragon Ball, we've done One Piece, and I think it was, uh, since it's sequel series is just along down the line with uh, this com- upcoming April. We thought it was about time that we discussed Naruto. That uh, very strange, very endearing, and also very frustrating uh, series to a lot of uh, a lot of people in the anime community. So uh, we'll be kind of discussing the highs and lows, and just you know our general thoughts on it, as per the usual. But before we get into that, we'll uh, just go ahead and maybe just discuss some of the news stories that have been coming down the line on Animation for Adults the past week. Because there's been uh, quite a few trailers to be uh, hitting the internet this past week. We've had uh, quite a few, so we'll get right into discussing that. Um, I think one of the first ones, I think we would uh, start with uh, the first teaser trailer for Coco. Uh, Pixar's Coco actually came out a few days ago. Is that right? Yes. Uh, was it? Tuesday, something like that. This week. Uh, so was I right? um, Earlier this week, mm-hmm. but uh, it's you know, kind of giving us an idea of what the story is about. I mean, mm. we've already had some promotional material, kind of giving an overview of the story so far, and this is the first time actually seeing the um, some of the completed animation for the movie, and kind of give an idea of the setting and the characters a little bit. And I have to say, um, there have been a lot of there's been a a lot of people who have seen, uh, who are familiar with Book of Life, who've probably seen this trailer and are kind of getting a lot of similar vibes to it, and I can't say I necessarily blame them, because it does seem to be following, uh, at least in terms of visual style, a little bit. It seems to be following, um, at least with the, uh, the, the Day of the Dead kind of mm-hmm. land that they seem to be introducing as part of the main story. Like, I, I can't help but get similar vibes from that, but still, it's like, I like the the character design of our main character and kind of how and even his motivations I do find uh, really endearing but it's again it's just a teaser trailer so it's still probably too early to tell yeah I, I the animation style just looks fantastic uh, and mm-hmm. and um, I, I think the central character is going to going to be very endearing and stuff and um, I yeah, I know people were saying Book of Life and everything, and I know it's started a bit of a war online between the fans. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. I mean, one, that's nothing new for Pixar. Like, uh, yeah. You remember, yeah. Remember they had the whole Bugs thing with Ants and Bugs Life? Mm-hmm. And there was accusations going back and forth about, oh, you're copying us, we're doing one of those films. Uh, but like, when it comes to something that's just kind of you know, around certain imagery uh, mm-hmm. um, coming from from culture and uh, and a festival, a cultural festival, which is very specific to Mexico. I I don't really get how you can 
expect it not to be kind of you know involving things like death masks and skulls and um do you know what i mean i don't really we've made two movies about christmas and there's snow in both of them and and there's there's santa in it and stuff what a ripoff yeah there's tinsel and they bloody use snow again yeah yeah good yeah that's a that's a really good point you made there chris yeah it's very teasy the trailer i um and yeah you know if there's one thing that picks on no is how to sell their films by now and um i think they know that they have not really given much away at this point mhm i can see i can see like in the bit where you see the the other side i can see where people would see more similarities specific similarities with book of life but you do have to remember this has been because of how long animation films take to produce, this has been in development for ages, and this one, I think, has been in particu- particularly long. People have been. Yeah. This, this was, ha- you know, this was floated as a concept like ages and ages ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming, and probably similar thing happened with Book of Life. He's probably been wanting to make that, you know, his whole life, and oh, yeah. then they both both end coming up, and then they look similar, and. It's kind of unfortunate, but they can both exist. I personally, I don't think they look similar at all. I oh, mean, there, cool. there are similarities. Well, there are similar. Obviously, there are like similarities with the fact that it's centered around a, a Mexican, um, like traditional holiday, uh, and there are you know things like. Yeah, so there's there are certain there there are, there's cultural imagery which is the same, but then compared to Book of Life, I just think like the um, the approach to the character design is pretty wildly different. No, oh, yeah, the that's very distinctively designed <laughs> that film. Yeah, and also actually the world looks very different to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely can uh, pick up on some of the, you know, the difference. I guess maybe it's because that film, you know, Book of Life is so f- forefront in my mind when I think of that kind of style of imagery, at least, you know, in terms right. of uh, animated films. That's why it seems like, because I saw that movie first, that might be the more, you know, dominant presence. But I am, you know, depending on what how, you know, the, how the film actually plays out and what other kind of stuff they could do differently from mm-hmm. it, I am very much curious to see if, you know, be, if when they were getting closer to finishing production if, you know, the fact that, you know, Book of Life already existed, they were already, you know, they had that in mind. It's like, okay, what can we... We can have similar stuff, but what, like, other kind of differences can we throw in there? I, just, I, like, make I it To unique? be honest with you, I, I don't think that that's something that concerned them. Mm. I, I think if you're drawing from a culture when you're making something, you'll assume that the pool is going to be wide enough. Um, okay, deep enough gotcha. that you'll be able to interpret things in different ways, and mm-hmm. I mean, if if anything, I was reminded more of um, Spirited Away. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that. Okay. The other, other thing I've heard other people say compared yeah. it to Spirited Away, and I mean, like, just mm-hmm. just a couple of shots, like when yeah. oh, well, that's the same way that Chihiro looks at her hands and goes, oh, "I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's inevitable. That's like saying. Coraline's like Alice in Wonderland. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. 
That that's fair. I mean, because it's like you said, if it's it's drawing on a particular source or a culture, obviously there are similar elements are going to pop up. Like it's kind of like you know how you you there are no there is no one way to te- tell a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. There are so many mm-hmm. different interpretations of a singular story. All have similar elements to it. So it's exactly. kind of hard, you know, you, you can't get away from those core elements of what you need to make a story like that tick. Yeah, I think I think Chris hit the nail on the head when he said, mm-hmm. oh, we can't have another Christmas movie with Santa yeah. wearing a wedding. <laughs> that, no, yeah, that was a great comparison. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I wish I'd thought of that one earlier, because <laughs> that is, yeah, it's quite, it works, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for, I mean, for a first for a first trailer, like like we said, we, it might have a little controversy around it, but I think we're still we're all still very optimistic to see what uh, other kind of promotional material comes down the line, and then when the film actually comes out, we'll be very eager to see it. I think we've got Cars Cars Three first though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so 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 Coco will be uh, kind of thin on the promo front. Mm hmm. Well, I don't know because at least at least not for at least for a while because I know how it's like normally mm-hmm. goes. It's like they have the teaser trailer first and then a little, little, little later down the line, then they start the full length trailers and then they that's when they get start getting to the TV ads when they get closer to release. And that's how I, my brain my brain contract when previous releases. But um, other than that. There was another really uh, uh, trailer. There was what was it, a teaser, more of a teaser or promotion promotional trailer that came out uh, not too long ago uh, of another film we've uh, been following. Uh, a certain uh, trailer from Ardman of the first promo of Early Man. Yay! <laughs> and it's hilarious if you're if you're familiar with uh, the kind of stuff that Ardman's put out in the past. Then this is very much true to that spirit. It like you know every sense of the word, so if you haven't seen it already, we'll make sure to include the link in the show notes. But you, by all means, watch it as soon as you can if you're if you're into this studio because it looks hilarious. Oh, it looks so great! <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> just I just love the the character designs and stuff, and it looks so Nick Parker. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, I'm home when <laughs> it started up. <laughs> And also, Eddie Redmayne in the voice. It doesn't sound like him. It sounds like he's doing a good job. Just... Yeah, I know. Like I, I remember he was in the very introduction of the video. And I know, then I should you be surprised. Actual... <laughs> that was like a backhanded compliment. Doesn't sound like. Oh, what? Him. It sounds like he's doing a good job. <laughs> like a nice backhanded no, compliment. No. No, that it's 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 cool when an actor can change their voice up to to fit a a certain character. (laughs) Like, Like, I um, mean... Yeah, go ahead. What's his name? Stun it again. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor. I didn't realise he was was Lumiere in the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Oh, right. I was watching some review that that mentioned it. (laughs) Why why has only one of them got a French accent? Is it France? Why is he French? No one else is French. What's going on? Because if Lumia was... didn't have a French accent, there probably would be uproar. That just yeah, just. Well, anyway, that, was the, that was the that was the case in Beauty and the Beast. But anyway, yeah. Why right. well, well, has he got a her. French accent that no one else has? In the original, why? Does it make any sense? 
I'm sure everyone else has pointed this out 25 years ago, but it just occurred to me today. <laughs> 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 why, why is he French? No one else is. What's going on? It's a yeah, little Angela, strange, but. Angela Lansbury's not French. What's going on? Maybe they were all asked to do one, but only like the guy who did Lumiere could manage it, and he didn't really get the whole team spirit of like, oh, I can do it and no one else can. Maybe I should just pretend that I can't do it to make everyone else feel better. He doesn't have that, and he just did it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's 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 a difference between having actors, you know, you know choosing actors for a specific role because you know that they can pull off the particular role and also knowing like hey can you also do a French uh, convincing French accent and then I don't want them yeah I don't I think it's probably just as well that Angela Lansbury didn't try to (laughs) I don't know I don't know but early man looks good I'm getting like from the tribe I got like a weird flash of Chicken Run vibes. Oh yeah. So did I. <laughs> like of all the things Ardman to pop into my head when I was looking at this, like I was at first like you know getting you know obviously with mm-hmm. the two primary characters you know Wallace and Gromit of course, but then yeah you you pan back to the to the rest of the people it's just like like all of a sudden like why am I getting lines from Chicken Run stuck in my head because maybe the, the visuals were just like flashing me back. No, I love the look of it. It reminds me of. Just like old British comics as well, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it, I, this is gonna sound weird, but I kind of felt like it seemed more plasticity. I think I wrote that. <laughs> That's sort of a weird thing to say. Uh, I what feel the what? I, I make it feels more handmade than than oh. I think. Yeah, like they're more recent. Well, yeah, and, well, in, in their, they've, they've. I think you're probably right. They have been using, um, they call it like rapid, rapid prototyping technology, mm-hmm. where essentially 3D printing to yeah. aid, um, yeah, like uh, pirates use lots of that, for instance, mm. um, more than actual like, and 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 they sort of they rigged the. They rigged the models with um, these armatures inside, and they sort of put this sort of, um, I can't remember what it was. Was it like silicon, sort of like skin almost, over the characters? And I think I think uh, you're right there, Chris. It's more plasticine. Perhaps that's Nick Park's personal preference. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, I I feel I feel like it's that's what it feels like to me. Like, in it mm-hmm. seems like like um. And I think it's interesting that this is like more of a fully European production. Studio Kanawa financing it now, rather than it being co-produced with Sony or whatever. So it feels like it's more more authentic in a way. Not that you know, I love pirates; mm-hmm. it's great. But it just feels like more. I think that like, after the success of Shaun the Sheep, uh, maybe they've gone, yeah, let's 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 just let Ardman be Ardman. As much as we can, and it will, it will succeed. Mm-hmm. It's well, I I know for straight away that the the sense of humor has immediately hooked me. So, I know that 
in the uh, the U.S. I mean, I know that Sean the Sheet that it was not as successful over here, but at this point, I don't care. I will when this movie comes out, I will track it down. I will track it both it and Sean the Sheep down, and I will sit down and watch both of them at the same time. Well, this is coming out in the U.K. next January, but it doesn't have a U.S. release date as yet. So of course it doesn't. It, it may be a while. Longer. I know. Well, fortunately, I will I will be able to track down Sean the Sheep, so I can t- it tide mm-hmm. me over. Mm-hmm. And another big trailer that uh, also came up. We was a whole ton of trailers, and uh, I think what was the what was it called? I believe Chris where they had a whole bunch of different series of uh, shorter uh, feature film like trailers, all like ma- all, to- all collected together into one. What, what well, was that? Uh, cartoon no. uh, movie? Or? Yeah, last week there was an event in Bordeaux, France, called Cartoon Movie, uh, where basically loads of European animation studios go and pitch uh, projects either like in production to get more um, more funding or to attract uh, distributors if it's produced or whatever and mm-hmm. they basically released like footage from uh, most of the films that were pitched and mm-hmm. uh, some of them are like completely finished and some of them are like just concept art some of them even or some of them are sort of in production mm-hmm. yeah there was a quite a wide variety of different uh different uh films to take a look at with this so we uh highly recommend we'll, we'll k- include a link to the particular article where we have uh all three videos of collection of all these different trailers for uh folks who are curious we'll conclude that in the show notes but um one of the uh trailers that was featured for a cartoon movie which we wanted to just kind of throw out real quick was the fact of, uh, of a trailer of a film that we have already had several articles covering the uh, continued production thereof and uh, that is Cartoon Saloon's Wolfwalkers oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it was only a couple minutes but I can already you know you can already tell the animation in this and the design is striking like even more so like I mean I've for Song of the Sea I mean that the animation in that and the design is really charming and you know beautiful and even the, what we've seen of breadwinners so far is also like in a similar vein with tom moore's breadwinners but uh i don't know there's just something about this just a few second trailer or a few like almost a, i think almost a minute i just it's very like I've, i felt like very like awestruck by what i was seeing like with in terms of the visuals yeah this is i think it's not it's not going to be finished footage because um it, we don't even know when it's coming out this is sort of mm-hmm. but it's I think all of these are kind of whether they it's all promoting the production right mm-hmm. so some of them are um, kind of proof of concept trailers mm-hmm. almost yeah because I uh, think they did a similar thing with Song of the Sea no, they, there was like a, yeah there was a there was a proof of concept thing that was released ages before it came out uh, yeah I think uh, like I reported on that on when I first found it ages mm-hmm. ago and it was like oh when am I going to see this <laughs> um, yeah that obviously looks amazing uh, but there's also some other really interesting there's a um, something set in Vietnam it's a adult animation um, Super Vinamota or Super Vinamotor or something uh, it looks that looks really impressive uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, there's also the new film from the director of um, Long Way North. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is mm. the uh, Life of Calamity Jane, or The Young Life of Calamity Jane. And that obviously looks beautiful. Big the big bad fox and other tales from the um, people who brought you Ernest and Celestine, which looks super cute. And there is a something coming from the Lupus Films who brought you Ethel and Ernest, uh, based on a book from the author Michael Morpogo, who wrote the book Warhorse. Steven Spielberg's film was based on, and that's called Suitcase Kingdom. And also a new film from the director of Psychonautas called Unicorn Wars. Looks a bit made, a bit mental. And supposedly <laughs> also came out of a cartoon movie was the fact that uh, G-Kids have got the North American rights for Psychonautas, but it hasn't really been uh, announced outside there mm-hmm. so far. So Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch... There was a whole bunch of these. I mean, even if these are proof of concept, more proof of concept of anything, it's... I like a lot of what I'm seeing. Like, uh, there was one of the uh, trailers that really caught my attention was a uh, film currently in production um, by Arthur Depins and Alexis Alexis Ducour called Zombillionum. I I believe I'm pronouncing that right. It's Z-O-M-B-I-L-L-E-N-I-U-M. Zombillionum. Zombillennium. Okay, that's that's how you maybe, say it. Maybe. And <laughs> hey, you, you did a better job than I did. Um, and it's it's it was a very it's a very short trailer, but it was it was really charming. And I have to say, the animation style I'm I'm really digging because it's kind of it's it's like, again another one of those seems to be a blend of like two D but not two D kind of animation style. And it was really cute. This whole little uh, this little girl trying to like. Uh, do the um, uh, charades, pretending to be a zombie, and the you see off screen or uh, these two uh, gentlemen are trying to guess what she's pretending to be and are failing absolutely miserably. But it, and then you uh, once she once times up and you get a cut to who is actually guessing. You see a skeleton and a, and a mummy. Like that was the, the humor in that is was was well played. Yeah, that does look. That does look cute as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like we said, definitely, uh, definitely go check those trailers out if you haven't seen them already. I guess we'll include a link in the show notes to the article where we have all of the uh, trailers currently listed on the website, and uh, take a look for yourself and uh, see what you like. There's a lot. There's I'm sure there's uh, if these any of these are still looking for like, are, do you think any of these are currently crowdfunding perhaps, or they're just still. Uh, just kind of, you know, in production. I don't know. Some of them might go to crowdfunding if they can't, if they didn't uh, get people interested at the event. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Or might be partly crowdfunded at least. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, at the very least, uh, if you if you really dig what you see, uh, make sure to share share it with the, you know people who you think would uh, also really enjoy this. And because the more word gets around and support of these projects, you know, gets out, then the more likely if they are still looking for support from from everyone, that it would probably help them all the more. And anything else currently uh, going on in the news? I think uh, there was another 
trailer for a um, a Netflix series that's going to be coming out in around 2018. I believe it's called Devil Man Crybaby by Masaki Yusa y- Yuasa. I'm mispronouncing that. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris, I think you were the one who uh, you you were looked into that a little bit more. Yeah, this this has sort of been a bit of a surprise announcement because uh, Netflix have been getting a bit into uh, producing some more anime. They uh, are doing some with production IG at some point, and um, but this this um, Devil Man is like a long-running, long-established character in anime and manga uh, created in 1972 uh, and he had like a TV series in the 70s he had a 90s video series it's a really shoddy looking live-action movie at some point and uh, he's um, he's coming back uh, even though he's not I don't think he's that well-known with American and international audiences as much. Yeah, I'm afraid I, I'm 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 relatively unfamiliar. It's it's quite obvious why why not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the same reason that we know him as Hercule, mm. uh, the character oh. who, who was originally called Mister Satan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, now Ball. apparently they can they have that playing on uh, Adult Swim, and they're calling him by that they're calling him by that name. So it's like okay. Uh, now that it's on Adult yeah. Swim, we don't we don't care anymore. Yeah, but to be yeah. fair, Devil Man was never like. I, at least I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a kids appeal sort of series anyway that was going to be on Cartoon oh, it Network. Doesn't seem like it from what from where I'm sitting, at least from this particular uh, this particular uh, footage. But it looks. I've cool. read I've read some of the like old comics, and they are pretty hairy and mature and. Well, Gonagai. Uh, it was yeah. the. I I think I I've described it once as well. He was around at the same time as Tezuka. I was like, if Tezuka was like the godfather of manga, um, Gonagai was sort of the dirty uncle of manga, falling <laughs> falling over in the wedding photos. Uh, that's that's quite good, I guess. Yeah, I th- I think uh, dirty uncle who can draw really bloody well. Well, he he also like did a lot of innovations. Like he created Messenger Z, who was like the first giant robot thing where there was a pilot in the head. So <laughs> that's quite important in the history of anime. And he invented a cutie honey, who invented the the new transformation se- uh, sequence that was later in Magical Girl series. So yeah, series. <laughs> yeah. So, but kind of the reason people are really interested in this is who's directing it, Masaka Yuasa, who okay. is yeah. Um, who I'm worried about. He, he <laughs> the guy needs a holiday. He's got two feature movies out this year, and he's working on this for next year. Dude, I hope he I hope he takes some time off. Yeah, I if that if that's the case, then just man, either he just really loves his work or just workaholic, because that is a lot considering just how long it takes for just any kind of animation project to get off the ground. Period. He's the guy behind Tatami Galaxy, Ping Pong Animation, and Mind Game, amongst other things, and he directed an episode of Adventure Time. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Yeah, he did. Yes. 
yeah. Uh, he, so he's like one of the, like animators' favorite animators, basically. Um, <laughs> and just, just I should say what Devilman is. Uh, it's about an ordinary Japanese teenager who, uh, surprise, um, who basically merges with a demon so that he can fight demons. So he he becomes half demon. So. Mm, okay. Yeah, that 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 sounds pretty. I don't know. Like, I I feel like just that kind of plot alone, like maybe like reminds me of like at least maybe like four to five other things. I have relatively similar stories, but I it's still I think there's I I like the visuals so far that they've been able to show of this, and I I'm gen- like if I you know do get the opportunity to watch this, I'd love to see you know maybe use it as a maybe opportunity for springboard people who are not familiar with the source material to maybe look into it. I I have seen that because there was a '90s video series that was released, like in the in the sort of manga video era of um, like post Akira sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. I remember recording it off late night television when I was far too young to be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I the forbidden I was, show. Yeah, there was like two. Ep- two episodes and I only saw the second one but Devil Man fought a um, a big demon lady who had uh, big wings in her head and no clothes on at all and ah okay big um big claws and stuff big, and big, had a big, really fight. big claws big claws yeah and they had a big fight great big, big pair of claws <laughs> <laughs> it uh, okay yes yeah, so yeah Devil Man. it does look Devil Man. It does look really cool. And I just, I have to ask though, why cry baby? What? How is he a cry baby? No idea. It sounds that's weird. No one. It's like what cry baby? It's just Japanese. I can people only assume, yeah assume that it's a weird riff off the 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 um phrase Devil May Cry. Yes, because I remember when I first saw this. Uh, saw the story go up, I when I saw that title, I'm like, Devil May Cry? Like, Dante? What? I, I remember, yeah. like, when those films came out, I was like, is that an expression? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was... I've never heard the expression, apart from in, in relation to the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying... Oh, no, yeah, the expression, the, the expression is Devil May Care, Devil May Cry, right? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Just shorten it to Devil, Devil May Care. That's the only bit I was thinking. Isn't it Devil May Care? But uh, I thought maybe they were just getting mixed up. Okay, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, all right, is... so definitely, definitely check out that trailer for uh, Devil Man. It looks like a really cool, gritty looking show that's going to be hopefully coming to Netflix. I believe in 2018. I think it's what. If the, you, and uh, if you want an idea of what it might be, might, might, might be like. Mm-hmm. Um, Masaki Yuasa did a series way, 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 way back in 2006 called Kemonozume, which was all about um, kind of like gr- like like a like an underground group of like beast people, kind of like werewolves, mm. who were also who were kind of behaving like criminals and. It's a really, really, really cool, like mature animation series. Uh, 
if you want an idea of what that might be like. Oh, that's so cool. So, okay, that might be a good, you know, a reason why he, why he was brought on for this project. I think it's a pretty strong one, yeah. Okay, cool. It's, I'll it, look into that. Netflix are really stepping up their game with really into anime and yeah, they they need to upload Little Witch Academia already. I know. That's that's not oh, get that's not get that that, that uh, business decision is not getting why people like Netflix. I don't think. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. At this point, I will. I would. Uh, I would not be that surprised if if that Akira TV series ever happens. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix <laughs> like through the money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think um, they're kind of aware about um, the international appeal, or, or the internet, or the um, the possibility that um, it's basically not just being made for a Japanese audience. Because I think that was very much key in why uh, which Academia got funded. Um, and that, yeah, I think I think Netflix are aware that what whatever they make, um, they would rather try and sell to their global audience. And Akira is pretty globally recognizable. It's probably mm-hmm. the most globally recognizable anime. Just saying, next year's its thirtieth anniversary, so the film. So. Just saying. Cool. I'm going to celebrate that by watching the film and really, really, really hoping that there's not any kind of American remake on the way. Well, it depends how it goes in the show. Here, here. Another uh, bit of good news, uh, interesting news for our uh, UK and uh, Ireland re- uh, followers uh, is that uh, we're looking for more information on uh, In This Corner of the World, a film that we've uh, also been following uh, the release of is uh, expects to be coming to theaters in both uh, the UK and Ireland. I believe uh, when's when is that supposed to set up? I think it's uh, later this summer, correct? It June, June, mm-hmm. June. End, I think yeah. end of June. Uh, it is got. Um, it has um, uh, select like previews on the twenty eighth, and then. On the thirtieth, it's opening in wider, but still Wide-ish. limited. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm really surprised that it's getting released at all. That's uh, that's super cool. Well, um, manga slash animatsu have been doing a lot of theatrical stuff. Uh, they mm-hmm. got the um, they got uh, like the Dragon Ball Z movies in the cinemas and mm-hmm. yeah, to quite a lot of success Fine. and. Is out at the moment. Sorry, Silent Voice. That Silent. was, yeah, but that's um, that's Anime Limited. That's someone else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, but it's good because there's two companies yeah. out there making, uh, having considerable success putting anime in cinemas in the UK. So, um, yes, in like your name did well uh, last year, and in uh, I don't know how um. Silent Voice is doing, but I know it's been well received, even though the review published on AFA scathing, is not, is not so glowing. <laughs> the guy yeah. who worked, Mark did not enjoy it. 
Um, I'm really curious. I'm glad that it somehow managed to. Um, it's playing in in my city this week, so I'm going to try and catch it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember when I um because I remember seeing the manga was for sale um when last I went looking around through you know different you know see if I wanted to start any new uh, particular volumes of anything new and I remember seeing that and getting curious. And I started reading it, and I, I, I was just kind of like, you know, browsing through it right there in the store. I didn't really end up buying it, but uh, it was, I guess, maybe some of the uh, problems that are, uh, that are that were cited in some of our review of said story, I kind of sort of picked up on. So it's like, there was just something that seemed off about it, about this, the, the idea, the way, at least the way the story was being handled. Right. And I don't, maybe this, maybe this just, I should have, you know, taken more time to read it. Maybe I could have been proven wrong eventually or find something to really enjoy about it. But there was just, there was just kind of like this, as I kept reading for the different plot elements and, you know, the character interactions, it just, it didn't seem, it, something didn't seem to click. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'll probably have to see it in order to get a actual like solid opinion, but I don't know. There's just something unsettling with it. That I can understand why maybe Mark felt the way he did about the movie. Well, I know it's going to be pretty because it's Kyoto Animation, and they make things that are certainly pretty. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. That, that I that can there be no there can be no denying. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's twenty eighth and thirtieth. Yep. All right. Very cool. So, so if I you're I don't believe we. Uh, I don't think that they've released a list of what uh, theaters that will be yet. But um, no. if we if that is announced, we will make sure to keep everyone appraised. And it will come to U.S. and Canada from Shout Factory uh, a bit later. Not mm-hmm. exactly sure quite when. Yeah, it's down the line. Down the line at some point. It's supposed to be summer as well, but maybe a bit later in summer. Mm-hmm. I think that should do it for news, unless there's anything else, anyone, uh, any other stories that we'd like to mention on the podcast before we get into the main topic? Um, there was a animated project that we had not heard about before this week that had just signed some directors, um, and that is called Dartmouth, which is based on a uh, kids' fantasy series from Irish author Shane Hegarty no I haven't heard of it either but um, <laughs> it, it, you know but I, it's it's a kids book series so um, and it is being lined up by Alcorn Entertainment who are making their first um, uh, uh, segue into feature animation and they have signed up animation industry veterans 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 <laughs> Veterinarians, no veterans. <laughs> uh, David Pimentel and Douglas Sweetland, uh, hmm. who have worked on a great um, long list of projects between them. Uh, oh my, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that now. Like uh, we've got here's here's a list of uh, here's a list of credentials. We have How to Train Your Dragon, Tarzan, Big Hero Six, and Moana. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that was for. Um, David Pimentel. Pim- David Pimentel, and then for Sweetland we have uh, the Pixar short Presto, um, 
Storks and also Monsters Inc. and Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Don't really that know much. That's quite a lot. Yeah, don't really know much about the project, uh, but it sounds like it could be in the in How to Train Your Dragon sort of vein, which is good. <laughs> I want more like that. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the promotional picture of it, and I kind of like the design a little bit of the um, the the main character in the foreground. That's, and even something like the design in the back is really cool. It might look nothing like that because that's just from the book. Um, ah. But it's about a young mo monster hunter called Finn. Who apparently bites off more than he can chew, as it says in the um, promotional material. So, <laughs> no idea when it's coming out or anything like that. But it's got some directors. And Very cool. They're talented fellas, so they certainly are. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely. This is definitely a story and a movie to keep an eye on. So we'll uh, mm -hmm. if anything else comes down the line, we'll make sure to put it up on the website. Okay, I think that more or less does it for news. Is there anything else we want to plug before we jump into uh, Naruto? Nope, I think that's does it. Alright, Let's go. Let's jump in with our arms flailing behind our... Our, behind oh, yeah, behind our, our arms flailing behind us. Here we go. Ah, uh, yes. Naruto. Uh, for, I guess, I mean, probably most of you who are tuning into this podcast probably are somewhat familiar with this series because it is definitely, I think because it came out in the late 1990s, uh, it's the manga series, and uh, eventually gained a rather big uh, following, more so in the West than in, uh, than in Japan, because I think One Piece had been had been long-standing, like, uh, king of shonen manga for quite a long time, and it's been rarely ever knocked down from that particular throne, but, uh, I think Naruto has really done a good, you know, well for itself for both, you know, the manga and the, uh, the anime in, uh, in the West, in both, like, the U.S. and other Western countries. And it's... It's interesting. It's an interesting, uh, series to talk about because it's had a lot of, uh, ups and downs... There's a lot of really, you know, good stuff to love, and also a lot of things, you know, some pretty serious problems that, uh, you know, that are probably worth, that are, well, definitely, excuse me, definitely worth talking about. Uh, and we're gonna go through a little bit of that, but before we get into the nitty-gritty, we're gonna talk about, um, and we'll go around the, the line and see how, how exactly we, uh, came across this series. So, uh, Chris, would you like to go first? Okay, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure the first time I really knew of it, uh, was when it was the new hot thing, I think, and it was, I think I was, it was when I was at college and some, 
the first I remember the first time I saw some of it was that a friend a friend of a friend who was into anime had uh, downloaded fans up because perfectly <gasps> legally no legally. it wasn't it wasn't it hadn't been licensed or whatever at that point oh, and dear. they were watching it and I remember, and I was around a friend's house and I saw and it was watched um the, is it Gara the um the, the red uh, the red hair one with the tattoo on the forehead. Yeah, and it was yeah, like that's their the one. first major fight or something. That was like mm-hmm. the first first I saw of it. And then Okay. And it was whenever it like actually then got translated into English and showed up on T V for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of it then actually properly for a bit. And that then, was not properly though, because if it no, was on TV in the oh, UK, that was oh, not Jetix. properly. Oh, yeah, it was completely. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then, yeah, I watched. I started watching it, and then, yeah. <laughs> Several years <laughs> later, I uh, watched a whole bunch of Shippuden because I was paid to review it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and watched four seasons worth and stuff. Uh, but there was kind of a big gap in the middle, to be honest. So I haven't watched. Yeah. I haven't watched all of it at all. So I yeah, haven't. You'll watched... have to like. Where would you say, at least from your understanding, from where like the plot was, like, did you think that you missed out on between when you were watching it for fun versus watching it for work? Well, I didn't. I didn't see any of the start of Shepherdin at all. I don't. I've, oh, I, could, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you, and I didn't see the end of Naruto either. So mm-hmm. there's well, like a quite a huge gap, and I maybe yeah. So right. I just had to get caught up. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, yeah. enjoyed it, but yeah, it wasn't. I didn't. I haven't. I haven't watched the whole thing <laughs> by any means, uh, and I've seen quite a few of the movies, uh, mm-hmm. including the most recent ones. I've well, no, I haven't seen Boruto, the movie, I've seen The Last, and what's the other one? Was was there one after? Road to Ninja, I think, was the one beforehand. I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen bits and bobs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of it, over the years. <laughs> but did you enjoy the bits and bobs that you saw? Yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't read any of the manga. In any mm-hmm. major way, I might have. I mean, I've had some episode, issues of showing the jump, or whatever that was probably in, but I probably went. I have no idea what's going on because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Watching so. it out of order is problem. Mm. So yeah, that's that's my experience with Naruto. Mhm. And how about you, Dan? Um, similar-ish. I'm not sure. I. I um I read the manga actually first. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I saw it in Borders and I went, oh, I think I've seen bits of that on DeviantArt, so it must be cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, I uh, I was kind of hooked on it actually. It was I I must have been about. 13, 14 or something, like a really good age probably mm-hmm. um, for it. 
and I I was in love with like the art style and the the story and the fact that it was gory was a big plus for me because mm-hmm. around that age I I speak a lot about it but around that age I felt there was a real uh, lack of um, good gritty sort of entertainment that fourteen year old boys would like mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find uh, um, an in between between like the Rugrats and GTA Three <laughs> oh yes. Uh, and <laughs> Naruto was kind of it, uh, and yeah. So I I read all of it, um, yeah, up until I guess maybe five volumes into Shippuden. Okay, so I think I remember um, we, we've discussed this in previous podcasts. I think you said you pretty much fell off the wa- you know fell off the wagon pretty much around the time like around when Shippuden started. I think when uh, like the very first arc, I think. Yeah, so I I read all of it mm-hmm. um, up until that point, the manga, and then the series, I kind of dipped in and out of. Okay. Um, I remember like the first like forty or so episodes. Mm-hmm. I had those on like I used to watch them a lot, and then I was kind of dipping in and out, and then I joined. I I watched again um, quite heavily for like the the I guess like the finale of the first arc mm-hmm. where um, spoilers uh, <laughs> he fights Sasuke. <laughs> um, well, necessarily Naruto fighting Sasuke is not necessarily a spoiler per se, but the degree in yes. which they fight is was is is the spoiler. So yeah, because so, Naruto and Sasuke bickering is kind of center point of series so you'll get used to hearing Precisely. that if you're unfamiliar yeah i i think i think what what what's what's important though is that well, not important i mean we're talking about <laughs> the fact that i like i used to watch an anime but what, what's um what i remember lo- like looking back is the fact that it, i probably stopped watching it because i grew out of shonen stuff mm-hmm. um and that's that's what I found weird about it. I felt like I had made a big investment yeah. in reading something and like actually like I guess financially as well to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was just so long. I couldn't get over how long it was. And I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think every anyone who's even like lightly part of like the, the the fan base maybe from like several years back when this you know was still like hot you know when it first came out it was like hot stuff and we were just going along with mm-hmm. it I think up until like the part where it actually ended I think we were all kind of just like oh please dear god make it end make it end make it stop can we just get the ending <laughs> but I think I think that's a that's got a lot to do with actually what I was talking about like the fact that you kind of grow out of it and you um you know the ending of naruto was for kids a lot younger than me like for kids who are the same age that i was when i started watching it mm. i think um yeah so i watched a bit of the anime um kind of really just like for the sakuga highlights ah uh, yes so like we'll get to those there was, there was lots of 
like really great unique bits of fighting animation that kind of blew my mind and mm-hmm. introduced me to lots of um really cool uh contemporary Japanese animators that had uh expressive styles of movement mm-hmm. and uh yeah I think I watched like the first couple of movies uh yeah so that's my experience with Naruto okay Thank you, gentlemen, uh, for giving me time to stall once again. Because I've, I, if you've if you've followed some of our podcast conversations, when we have briefly come to the topic of Naruto, I have been very. I've been I've been trying to be as tight lipped as I can about my personal thoughts in the series. Because to be perfectly honest, I still am not hundred percent sure what to make of it. That's probably like one of the. <laughs> You, it sounds, I'm reminded of, like, my experience with the TV show Lost. <laughs> I was heavily you know what? That's an, actually a fantastic ex- comparison. This is my Lost. I never got yeah, into actual yeah. Lost, but this was it for me. We all yeah, have I that think... one series that we get really invested in, mm-hmm. and to the point that we feel like we can't let it go, and then when it's finally done, it's just like, okay, why didn't I let go? I'm looking back on some of the stuff that was just really not good and really just, you know, did not really sit well with me. And it's just like, well, crap, why why was I still here? But only if, like, Lost was still on 20 years later. And like, why are they still on the island? God damn it, why are they still on the island? They put in another they put in another island and then they were on a different island and then, and there's filler island. Lost still alive? And then there's another polar bear and a smoke monster. Oh, and the smoke <laughs> monster's got a brother. And oh, the, the smoke monster's yeah. got a brother is a pretty good way of describing exactly how exhausting Naruto is. <laughs> <laughs> the smoke monster's got a brother. Uh, that's pretty good. That's the, uh, that's no, the yes, that was title fantastic. for this episode. Oh, oh, but yeah, I remember. I think it was, I was just around the same age group uh, as you were, Dan, when I first, uh, it was, I think it was, it was uh, included as part of the Toonami block, you know, because that was, I, that was, Toonami was my thing whenever I would come home from school or, you know, just kind of chill out, you know, chilling between homework assignments and getting ready for college. And, you know, I was, you know, mainly a DBZ fan and whatever kind of, you know, anime series would come on through the network, I would always, you know, take a peek at it and see if it was something that I liked. And also, uh, a good friend of mine who had seen it before I had, uh, basically said, you know, this is really cool. This is about ninja and, you know, you know, learning to be, you know, actually a really cool ninja. And there's this one character called Kakashi and he's really awesome and you should definitely watch this with me. And I'm like, okay, sure. And yeah, we tuned in. I remember like the very first couple of episodes, like I think I tuned in around the very, the third one. So I missed like the very, uh, the first two and came in the third one, we start introducing to this, the secondary main characters. Uh, you had Naruto as the main character, and uh, then the, that episode introduced uh, Sasuke and Sakura to the main cast. Uh, and I remember first watching it and not really thinking very much of it, just like, this is kind of strange. Um, the humor, some of the humor I got, not some of it, not so much. Like, at first, I think I thought it was like a parody of some kind of, like, show or something, and I just was just kind of going along with it, but then, you know, watching more episodes with my friends, like, okay, they're actually playing this straight, and then the more episodes and arcs we watched, that was, you know, the more it 
actually began to grow on me, and then probably by the tuning exam arc, which was the uh, second major arc of the show, I was completely and utterly hooked. And uh, it's been kind of just like every... Every update that there was, every new episode, uh, for like the next probably year or so, I was just constantly keeping up with it. And even even in the few times where like I would kind of like dip off, I would always try to come right back in where I left off and catch up, take another few you know years off, and then okay, where where did Naruto leave off? What happened? <laughs> where is everybody? And uh, yeah, it's I. Am both proud and ashamed to say that I both <laughs> saw and read the manga and watched the anime in its entirety, including the filler arcs. <laughs> oh, wow! That's every I last one. I used I can, every I, episode I, of, the... of both. Sorry, oh, there was there was pain. Uh, there was pain. And, and Shipper doing as well? Yeah. Hold up. Yeah. So, is that finished now? Or is that still going? <laughs> um, let's see. Where is Shipper in now? It's still um, going, isn't it? Think... No, yeah. it's uh, It's got another episode How is coming it still out. Going? This... Your guess is as good as mine. But it is. Uh, it's like there uh... being new episodes of A Christmas Carol. Like... <laughs> It's been solved. It's the end. Well, you see, at least with I'm sure this is the uh, the animation studio. Yeah, uh, I believe they're gonna make sure I say actually say the name of the animation studio. Uh, Peria, Studio Periot, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Piero, I think. Piero, I think if that's if you're probably pronouncing it better than I am. But uh, Naruto has the Naruto series has kind of been like their baby <laughs> for. Years and years and years. Yes. So I'm th- not entirely sure if they know how to end it. And when the uh, when there are a bunch of light novels that were released after the manga was finished, kind of like following specific characters in like you know post events of the sh- of the series, kind of bridging the gap between uh, that you know the the chapter six ninety nine and seven hundred, which was the like quote unquote epilogue. Uh, they're like, sure, let's let's do arcs around those stories. And with at least five episodes each, that's and that's currently what they're finishing up. I think that's it's the end is the wit is one of the weirdest things to me. The fact that the manga ended, and then they put out a movie adapting the end of the manga, and then but the series kept going. It's like what? <laughs> it's, it's like it's oh like, here's, here's how it the ends. Last movie. Here's how it ends, but there's more. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's it's again. I think it's because this, despite all of the flaws and problems, which we will elaborate a little bit on later later in the um in the discussion, it's still a money maker. It's got so much merchandise, so much just. It, it's it's made money in a lot of other places other than just the manga and other than just the anime series in general. So I think that's when you've got something like that, it's like I can understand wanting to prolong it to a little bit, but y- you do get the sense when looking at all the episodes, like, are you... It feels like you're beating a dead horse at this point. 
Well, it was it was like Shonen Jump's number two for ages, wasn't it? It was just cause One Piece. Oh yes. One Piece has been the biggest one. I I think you know it was sort of the big three were One Piece, uh, uh, Naruto, and Bleach. But Bleach sort of yeah, those, out. Those, those were the three titans of Shonen anime of Shonen Jump for mm. the longest time before other uh, other shows. I think with the, the the last decade or so really kind of stole the spotlight. But I think I think Naruto was it wasn't quite up there with One Piece, but I think it was quite way ahead of Bleach, like in so you know, in popularity. Yeah, I do know at least well One Piece was consistently, you know, popular in Japan and uh but it I'm is. pretty sure that um <laughs> Naruto outsold easily outsold One Piece in the US. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure that is the case. One Piece did didn't really take off. I don't think One Piece even sold better than Bleach in the US. No, no, yeah, it was Bleach. Bleach and uh, Naruto were the were the shonen babies in in the US mm-hmm. for the majority of their run. And I th- and I think it's kind of fair to say the rest of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, got and and uh, loved Naruto as as much as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting to dissect exactly why because obviously. It's inspired a very, very uh, loyal fan base to the point that with all the, you know, they are, you know, the, the studio is does feel like they can continue putting out material and people will watch it. So it's, I guess, I that could, guess that could be a good springboard to maybe talk about, like, what the series actually was, like, best known for or, like, actually did really well. And I think we're going to try and, we, we can talk about the manga a little bit, but I would like to try and maybe stay focused on the anime series because... There were, I mean, even though um, one of the primary differences between the uh, manga and the anime itself is, you know, the fact that it did have so many filler arcs, and a lot of people will point to those first. But I think there were, in terms of visual choices and directional choices, in terms of how to direct an episode, there were uh, quite a few uh, instances where they would kind of take a divergent course and kind of elaborate on something that maybe the manga didn't have real time to cover so that's in, in, in a way it is while it does mostly stay toward the uh story that was conveyed in the manga it did have some diverging elements to it that you know, make it a bit more of a separate entity so i guess one of the things that um i remember really enjoying about naruto when uh, when i first really started like getting hooked on it was the fact that i mean it was definitely obviously naruto's story and um, more so around his uh, interactions with the other characters around him. Not so much about, you know, what it means to be a ninja since there were all these, you know, these about 13, 13, 12 year old kids who were being, who were basically, you know, born in a ninja village and trying to learn, you know, what it means to be a member of their society. But it wasn't really so much about the occupation itself as opposed to what being you know, that kind of, you know, person or being a ninja meant, you know, meant to the individual characters, what it meant to Naruto, what it meant to Sasuke, what it meant to Sakura, and the other characters that you would meet along the way. And there were so many characters. Like, you had your main three, and then at least three, several uh, pairs of threes characters, you know, uh, teams of three that you could uh, latch onto or watch or enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably one of the the main the main draw of the series was the fact that it was 
more of a character-focused narrative than anything else. It wasn't really so much about the story, but the, you know, how the characters would react to certain events and, you know, grow as a part of each other's, you know, companionship and experience. Uh, also, ninjas are cool. Mm-hmm. So That too. I that. mean, <laughs> you do have... You do have the flashy ninja magic that they throw in, um, which is, uh, from what they were able to explain in the show, it's more of a combination between physical and mental energy, or chakra, as it is, just using using this element, mythological element, to say, okay, this is why we can do, we can make a fireball out of our mouth, or this is why I can summon a, like, a giant, uh, pillar of water and make it look like a dragon, and a bunch of other very silly things, but it's it looked cool. I I think the... I gotta say I don't even know if I was like sentient enough <laughs> to realize <laughs> that like the character relationships were. I mean, they're obviously there, but for me, the pool was definitely all the flashy ninja magic that you're talking about. <laughs> the, the fact that there were fireballs and jumping and duplicates and you know all of these the action. Mm-hmm. Really, that was that was a pull for me. The fact it was like a, it was a shonen fighting uh, series. Mm-hmm. That was kind of it, and the rest was uh, not a bonus, but I was less like invested in like shipping characters <laughs> and things. Well, this this <laughs> yeah, it is really hard to talk about this so- this show and not really talk about the shipping wars that did recur I gotta, I gotta say it sounds like you have a, a, a kind of um, really personal like reaction to it Rach can you can you get can you explain what that is how do you Bill? mean if I may if I'm, I'm not maybe I'm just being ignorant well, kind of the I mean. thing we, we were talking about when we said it's it's a bit like how certain people feel about lost mm-hmm. like you've invested something and it seems that at some point it let you down? I guess, yeah, in a way, because um, I think it's... It, you remember the... Because um, you were invested, Dan, in, into it for a, a while as well. I mean, the... Um, the I was like, invested, the... but my memory is terrible. <laughs> okay. So you have to remind me. Okay. Um, basically, when you look at the very... You know, the original show of Naruto... From the very first episode to about um, one of the like the big climactic battles in the end of like the uh, the major before the time skip into Shippuden, where okay, uh, I know the last episode was one three three because that had a fight in it that I thought was amazing and I just uh, yeah so I know that <laughs> yeah that that's the the major fight that um, between the. Two of two of the primary characters, Naruto and Sasuke. Okay. That's that. That's that big fight. That entire sequence, and that arc, and concluding with Naruto uh, going off to in order to get stronger with his new mentor. Yeah. What are you? What are you? I'm your friend. <laughs> exactly. Ah. Yeah, everyone. If people who've seen you, <laughs> if you aren't familiar with Naruto, it's like I say that um, the. There are plenty of jokes around some of the more dramatic moments because you, 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 it's easy to make fun of them. But it's also, strangely enough, like I still get, I still got emotionally because, invested. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely taking the mick. I'm, mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I still absolutely remember what it felt like watching that. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's a bit like a soap opera. You, you're, yeah. with, you're invested in these characters for so long, and when they do turn on each other, it feels like two of your best friends. Like you're like, mm-hmm. no, don't fight, guys. Yeah, I think that is a majority of like is that that entire build up to that to that uh, climactic fight. And I mean, that's that's I guess I can really say that's um, also something about Naruto that I really appreciate. You know, it, especially in that like those first couple. You know, first I always I forget exactly how many, but like at least the first two hundred episodes of it, it really knew when how to like overlay emotion and backstory of individual characters into those fights, so the fights felt a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. Like, compared to something like where Dragon Ball Z, which I love Dragon Ball, and I love the fighting and the choreography and the, you know, how the overtop, you know, overtop nature of it all. It was just really, it's a lot of fun. But even some of those fights were not really so much about the characters. It was more so about the, oh, this character is stronger than this character. We have an insurmountable you know, th- you know, challenge to overcome, and we're going to overcome it no matter what, whereas opposed to the fights in Naruto, which were a lot more emotionally invested, like, okay, these are two people's beliefs clashing with each other really, really hard. They might just be willing to kill each other for it kind of thing. So y- it is a lot mm-hmm. more personal and easy to get, you know, personally invested with the characters, especially if you have characters that you're, you know, you become emotionally attached to, and even though, well, I can say, honestly, that the three main characters, um, Sasuke, Sakura, and Naruto, may not be as strong as their own. I may not like them individually. As a whole, I thought they were fantastic. And the episodes where they would be interacting off each other was, you know, it, it grew on me into a point that I'd never really expected. So when that moment did come where they the group started to fracture, it was really heartbreaking. And so when, you know, those episodes were finished and I was like, okay, well, what's next for the series? And then Shippuden happened. And I'm like, okay, I'll play along with it. And there was a point in Shippuden where I felt like it could have been that big climactic conclusion, you know, climactic conclusion to the whole story. Like they could have ended it right at a specific point, but it just kept going and dragging it out and character motivations went all over the place and I'm like and I basically would just be sitting at my television watching an episode and just with my hands with my head in my hands and just going what are you doing what's going on why is this why is why are we drawing this out because it's still popular (laughs) that's exactly the reason there was there I can't force I can't see any other reason in which to keep it going because it seemed like I think there was at one point in Shippuden uh both both Sasuke and uh Naruto's main character motivations for what they what they were doing was satisfied. Naruto was the main reason Naruto wanted to become the leader of his ninja village was because he wanted to be accepted by the people who who shunned and hated him in the beginning. He succeeded in doing that about, I don't know, probably almost midway through Shippuden. And almost at the exact same time, Sasuke satisfied his main character motivation, which was getting revenge on his brother, who quite literally killed everyone in his, everyone else in his family. 
that he was able to succeed. And then you'd think that the most logical conclusion would be to, okay, time to get these characters back on the same course so we can get to a proper narrative conclusion. But nope, we had to go through a whole nother long dragged out arc with a lot of new information about the lore of the world that made no sense. Learned that apparently that these two primary characters who are now slowly becoming the main focus of the show, taking time away from all the other likable characters, and then just saying, oh, guess what? These guys are, re- are reincarnations of such and such and such and such, and are just, they're destined to repeat this over and over and over again, and just, I'm just like, at that point, I'm like, stop. Just stop. Any kind of emotional, like, core that I had achieved from the earlier episodes of, like, the first series had been kind of evaporated. So. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's that unfortunate thing of when Shonen Jump has a manga series that is popular, mm-hmm. it's it becomes their property. It's no longer a matter of the original creator um, calling the shots, mm-hmm. deciding when it's time to finish it or something. Um, I'm just thinking of like the uh, uh, Masashi Kishimoto, mm-hmm. the guy who was effectively... Uh, I'm I'm not going to say single-handedly because he had lots and lots of support and um, Mm -hmm. assistance. Yeah. Um, But was effectively, like, running the show um, in in terms of, like, running the manga and then, therefore, that was having a, obviously, a a direct effect on how the TV show turned out because it was an adaptation. Mm -hmm. Like, just the sheer exhaustion of... Never ever, they're, they're never really being hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, that was too long. Um, and the hiatuses only existed to uh, aid his involvement in like the movies. <laughs> so his whole life was Naruto for some, I guess, how many over years? Over a decade. Like, over, well over yeah, a decade. Well over a de- like yeah, well over years, a decade. Probably. Ish. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a huge, um, you know, you only humans only have so much energy. And once you get to the point where you think you're headed with the characters that you've got, and you go past that, it must be really, really hard to justify continuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't blame. I don't blame Kishimoto son at all. I remember. In, I remember he he had. Um, he had like author note pages in the uh, in the manga uh, collected volumes, and I remember in like book eight, he was talking about what he wanted to do for his next manga, <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was something to do with gangsters, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe in five or so years." <laughs> and like, it went on for at least another ten from yeah. that point. Yes, it did. And um, that's kind of why I, I give, I personally, I give um, like manga series like that a bit of a pass when it comes to how consistently good 
uh, arcs are or mm-hmm. how overall um, it's satisfying as like a, a long piece story mm-hmm. or, or piece of work because there's there's huge um, compromise that comes with being as commercially uh, successful and popular I think as, as Naruto yeah and like there, there comes a point where you just like you know call it jumping the shark but you you, you run out yeah and it, it's it's clear it, it, for a lot of people who are familiar with the series it is clear at certain points where it kind of did that mm-hmm. and it's still I mean even when it had reached that point at least as far as the anime was concerned there were still moments I found myself coming back to it even though I know I was no really like emotionally like I, I try not to be as emotionally invested as I had been before because I feel like it had really missed a good opportunity to tell a more complete story but like you said it was it's not so much the mangaka's fault because the fact that it's just you know it's not so much it doesn't become so much your property anymore is more the fact that the the publishing comes like no we need more of this to be, keep pumping it out but um there were still instances where I would come back and I would see something that I actually genuinely liked or was something like, even if it was filler or not, something that I actually enjoyed seeing the character, you know, a character interaction that maybe had never gotten a spotlight before or um, a really, really well animated uh, fight sequence to took it like the whole uh, anime fight choreography and uh, visual storytelling to a new level. Like, I mean, case in point, a lot of uh, Naruto fans, you know, or fans of the series have all, like, really cited in terms of, like, the last couple episodes, uh, fights between, um, the last fight between Naruto and Sasuke that was uh, displayed in, like, the, one of the, like, the more recent episodes, which was supposed to be, like, the big climactic fight in the manga, was really well done. In terms of just how it was paced and how it was animated, too. I have a feeling that was animated by the same team who did the last one. Yeah, like that. I think I think I'm not the sure. um, movie uh, movie animators. Right. Because that's what it seemed like. Because they, I remember uh, they there were a few breaks and releases before they uh, these episodes came out. So I t- I bet you they were. Uh, taking extra time to make sure that those episodes looked as yeah. as good as they could. And yeah. it, it paid yeah. off. I, I remember watching when when I was watching it, um, it was it was a case of oh this episode's crappy. Like it, it production wise looked like they were taking shortcuts. Mm-hmm. But I was I, I was always okay with that because I knew in a few episodes time it meant that they were gonna pull something out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um Chris yes. What's 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 your feeling on this? Because because you had to watch it, whether you liked it or well, not. I could have said no. <laughs> I could have said no. Nah, pass on that one, thanks. But um, okay. Like I said, I do I do enjoy the show and the characters, and I I I think the world's fun. I think basing a whole world on yeah. ninjas basically, and it's it's kind of like it's obviously an inspiration for feudal japan but it's also not it's sort of pseudo modern and there's all these sort of 
anachronisms. Yeah. Um, and I I know you because I I know you talking about because I remember in the, in the first like ten or so volumes, me and a friend were trying to figure out is this like a world where they have TVs or is it a world where they don't even have like central heating? Is it? And we couldn't couldn't for the life of us figure it out. And I think it's because uh, Kishimoto is probably fudging yeah. it. Yeah, I think I think you might have said in he was kind of like throwing a bunch of different things in willy nilly. It's it's kind of the same as like One Piece and Dragon Ball. They just sort oh, just throw it all, <laughs> throw everything at it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, there's dinosaurs and, so and, and yeah. sci-fi things and just throw it. Yeah, but I think um, I I enjoy the world and the setup and everything and like all the. It's a, a village of hidden leaves and things like that. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, the whole setup of the village was really. Yeah, the mythology. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for like Japanese mythology and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's all fun mm-hmm. to me, and um, I, I think yeah, I think the character dynamics are quite fun, and like the whole fact that like we've obviously talked about. Naruto and Sasuke having to have have a bit of a Barney and stuff, and oh, that was kind of the the ongoing yeah, thing. Yeah, but the, you know <laughs> they start off, you know, well, say friends. It was it was kind of always a bit of a <laughs> bit of, but you know the fact that they start yeah. off, yeah, as you know in, in in quotation marks friends, and then then yes. the way it goes is kind. You know, I think. That's kind of, you know, it's an interesting way to take it rather than have there's just, you know, rather than there's just a villain, a big bad guy who's mm-hmm. always trying to catch them, whatever. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, that at one point the major antagonist is one of the protagonists. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes it. I, th- I think, like we've said already, like mm. the investment yeah. is it equally satisfying as it is mm-hmm. painful, mm-hmm. uh, because of that. But it also, I I really liked that sort of story when I was about fourteen, fifteen, when I was really, mm-hmm. really into it because it was about um, like inner conflict. Really, a lot of it was about. Um, pretty much sorting out your psychology so uh so you were fit for the physical uh fights yeah yeah and and there was a lot of there was a lot of the whole thing of like naruto's um like spirit mm-hmm. within him uh of the nine nine tails fox thing was mm-hmm. was very like relatable as a teenager the idea of there being like this sort of angst, like pent up in you, and it and it kind of being part of you, but also absolutely not part of you. And feeling like an outsider you, and stuff like that. Feel like an outsider, own... being feeling cursed and like not in control at times. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a genius uh, expression. Yeah. And then obviously, there's the fact that pretty much in the sh- in the um, the shonen. Pantheon, 
that basically Naruto has the the best action. I think probably <laughs> big spectacular mm-hmm. ninja action that is very entertaining to watch. So that's obviously a a big part of the appeal, as as mm-hmm. we've said. And it's got yeah the amazing fight choreography. And I think one of the reasons that I think I enjoyed it as opposed to uh, is it was definitely because I I mean. Like I've said previously, being seen so many uh, uh, shonen fight series, like I've I've seen Dragon Ball, I've seen Yu Yu Hakusho, and you know Bleach and all that all that crazy stuff. One of the things that I really appreciated about Naruto is the fact that at least at the beginning, I mean you do have the flat the flashy ninja magic, you know, but it's not like at the same time it's not so much um, like you know Kamehameha blasts and like you know just firing you know just these big explosions. I mean, there are explosions, but it's it's the fights were more about weren't so much about one over one person overpowering the other, though it could have that could happen from time to time. It was more so about using the skills that they each character had, their respective styles, and who was who was more like you know clever about using their abilities, you know, or, or being more creative than the other person. Not so much overpowering. Like you could have a character who is easily outclassed in terms of, or seem easily outclassed. Um, Case in point, um, if I might make a specific reference in the series, um, the example of uh, the character Rock Lee fighting Gaara in the uh, Chunin Mm -hmm. arc. If you recall that uh, particular uh, conflict. Because you have two very different characters in different, um, not just in different backgrounds, but also different styles of how they fight. And also, you know, like, one's supposed to be really super good and just, like, this genius combat, pra- you know, pragmatic. He's also cold, ruthless killer. While the other is more of, like, a happy-go-lucky, you know, martial arts, you know, really hard-working guy who kind of worked himself up from nothing. So you get a really, you know, clash of different styles when you see them fight each other. And not to mention, it was that was probably one of the best animated fights in the, uh, in the series. But it was it was really cool. That's it's the the kind of stuff like that that I would come to Naruto's to see in terms of the fighting. Mm-hmm. And I, but yeah, I, I, the movies I've seen have been pretty solid as well. The uh, I haven't seen like the early movies. I know there's been a ton, but I've seen basically the more recent movies that I think Kishimoto was actually involved with, um, mm-hmm. and they are better as a result um <laughs> i i've seen yeah i've definitely like i've seen the last one and i've seen road to ninja and i've seen it's what hidden tower or something like that it's called i think like the eighth uh, one yeah, or something yeah, yeah. i don't know um and mm-hmm. they tend to work well i think obviously they're kind of filler but they mm-hmm. it it's it the the characters and everything is well suited to like movie stories. I think you just just put some yeah, they're like, nice, they're nice standalone. you just put some ninja action in and it works pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's a movie, it's really it's got a lot of really pretty animation Ooh. to it. So I think probably in terms of animation, uh, my probably in ter- with the movies, my favorites were probably oh, it's a hard choice between. Um, Probably out of the original series, it was probably the second one. And then when we got to ship it in, uh, definitely Road to Ninja, I think, was probably my all-time favorite of the uh, the Shippuden movies. 
because I love a good uh, what if scenario and even like a, a a role reversal with a lot of the, like the major cast. Oh yeah, that's what that was about. When yeah. uh, Na- when when Naruto and Sakura find themselves in like an alternate version of their own world where Naruto wasn't an orphan and he actually did have his parents to uh, interact with and the whole reacting to having that as opposed to living on his own. And then just having to interact with all the other characters of, you know, being the exact opposite of what they are in the actual narrative was rather funny. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah that one was good fun. Um, also, um, I know you've played quite a bit of the games as well. I haven't played any of them. but I uh, have. <laughs> but I would imagine... Oh, actually, I think I might have played a demo once of a PlayStation 3 one or something. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just always imagined that Naruto would adapt nicely to games because it's smacking people. <laughs> Ninja action. Well, yeah, I mean it's yeah, <laughs> you can't get away from it. But um, yeah, actually, to be perfectly honest with you, as much as I enjoyed both the manga and the um, the anime, especially um, when how the anime was able to kind of sort of expand on stuff that the manga didn't have time to do. If you're looking, I mean, if you if someone asked me, you know, after listening to us talk about this show, I mean, I probably they wouldn't, considering how much we've been bashing it at the same time praising <laughs> it. But uh, like, should you or should we, if you're unf- relatively unfamiliar, should you try watching the show? I'm going to say just in one word: no. Do not watch the show. I mean, if you're if you're really that curious, maybe like the first like couple arcs of like the original show, maybe, but. I think if you want a better overall experience of the actual narrative, I would actually recommend the games over anything else. Believe it or not. Because That's the crazy. fact that it does have that interactive element to it. So, you do get the story, kind of like a, a Reader's Digest version of the story, but it's presented in such an amazing way. And you, like I said, you still have that interactive element, so you're the one actually controlling the characters going from fight to fight to fight. And so, you know, you have that level of investment as well. So it's, but you're not really wasting time with a lot of, uh, you know, the plot elements that don't make sense or um, just, or if you do, if you are getting involved in that, it doesn't last for very long. But I think more than anything else, the animation in the video games, like, again, it, it borrows from what Naruto does really well as a franchise and adding that level of drama and emotion into the uh the combat and uh they for a lot of like the bigger like cinematic uh battles in the video game they were able to actually do a lot of them a lot of the ones that were kind of really glossed over in both the manga and the anime they were able to actually really make a big spectacle out of and it was it was good it was very good it's all about the fighting (laughs) That's what it was. That's what the series is best known for. But it's even even so. I th- I still think there's there can be some emotional depth to it. That I mean that. Oh, absolutely. I rem- I I remember like um, not really having encountered anything before. Like um, I remember it most. I remember it most as as the comic. Mm-hmm. But the whole backstory with Sasuke and Uchiha. Mm-hmm. 
like being like a whole volume where the the um the you got the book and like the edges of the page were just black. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's what's happened there? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then like the whole volume is um is like flashback. Oh uh, um, yeah, yeah. That that was that was kind of cool to encounter, and uh, I don't think I'd ever really encountered a story that had done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of like a first for me. Um, with 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 Naruto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's there were a lot of things. I mean, obviously, that have probably in, uh, shown in anime or shown in series that have um, come after Naruto, that have probably done certain elements that have uh, that were present in that series have done them a lot better. But still, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a, a lot of when we see some of those elements in shown in series now, if. Chances are, if we think back, you know, seeing these before, like, oh, we recognize that from Dragon Ball, or we recognize that from Naruto, probably more so than any other uh, early, like, shonen series. Yeah, personally, I was really super into um, the art, because mm-hmm. I, I draw all the time, and I, I did, and it was around the sort of age when I started to get, like, really obsessed with art and drawing, and... Um, Kishimoto's style, like, um, I wouldn't say it influenced me. I mean, I certainly tried to imitate it <laughs> a lot. Um, but uh, that that was a re- that had a massive impression on me because I hadn't encountered, um, particularly like the early volumes. Mm-hmm. They look drawn. They look like a whole book that some poor guy has had to like draw mm-hmm. every like leaf that. And, um, but it was, it was done in this kind of, it felt like a sketchbook that, you know, there weren't, the lines weren't all joining up perfectly on every drawing. Um, it wasn't like other detailed, uh, manga that I had seen, which were like, uh, you know, full of, um, he didn't use screen tones for instance, for a long time, or even if he did, he would use them very sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um, he would like cross hatch things and um, kind of a bit more like American comics uh, uh, that that I, ha- that I had seen um, rely on um, rely on blacks to sort of uh, uh, make the compositions work. Mm-hmm. They had characters with like big splotches of black in their costumes or on their hair and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Naruto had, like, a massive effect on me, uh, like, visually, in that sense. Yeah. And these great, and these, like, uh, splash pages where you'd open, you'd open the book and, like, almost all the page was just one big, fat uh, <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> I, I really dug that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it had a very unique visual style to it. I remember, yeah, it was tuning in. That was one of the first things that struck me is in terms of wanting me to, you know, uh, you know, egging me on to continue watching it, even though, like I said, when I first tuned in on the third episode, it didn't really impress me all that much in terms of the plot and characters at that point. But I will, I, I always remember that it was, that it was the art style itself that kind of, like, 
struck me because I like the proportions in terms of like the way the faces were structured and the eyes and how expressive they were. And especially when we got to like a really like say a dramatic moment or um even when the characters were just kind of like fooling around like having a little bit of slapstick or uh just like silly humor it just it just kind of I don't know why it just it just flowed well. Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's lots of mixed feelings and like looking pretty much like the first like 15 or so volumes mm-hmm. are quite a different thing to what it turned into. Mhm. I guess it was because of the fact it was such a big departure from what it really set out to to be that maybe left mm-hmm. both myself and a lot of other people disappointed by it. Because when you look at the ending, right. like the epilogue and everything that happened in that, as opposed to, you know, the events leading up to it, there is a bit of a disconnect, I've note, I realized. Because of the fact it does seem like this ending could have been tailor-made for a different series of events. Maybe if, like, you know, like I said, the point where the series kind of jumped the shark a little bit, maybe just a couple of different uh, elements leading up to that, and then you would, you know, maybe a conclusion like the one that we got in the actual epilogue would have made a lot more sense, as opposed to everything that kind of subsequently happened as a result of the whole carrying on because Shonen Jump didn't, you know, didn't want the Naruto series to end, really. And I think, I, I don't know why, but I, because, I, I mean, obviously, when you had such a strong cast of supporting characters, that, you know, if you, you didn't have to like all of them, but you could latch onto one that you would, you know, enjoy following as the story yeah. continued. And then you get to a certain point and ship it in, and it's like, oh, guess what? That character's dead now. We have, ki- we have, we have killed them off. And in the most dramatic fashion, but yeah, they're gone. And it just happened, it just seemed to happen over and over and over again to the point where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, and the the power scaling between uh, Naruto and Sasuke as opposed to every other character, even, you know, really prominent ones like Kakashi, uh, were really starting to take a back seat to Naruto and Sasuke themselves as the point where they were kind of like becoming like the Goku and Vegeta, really just like carrying everyone else. And, yeah, there was there was that, and just, I don't know, it just seemed to, like, when you put, like, you seem to be, like, just throwing away aspects of the series that really kind of was in the initial draw for a lot of people, that's, I mean, obviously a lot of people are gonna jump off the bandwagon, even people... But that's, but that's the thing, though, like, you call it throwing away, Kishimoto might have seen it as, like, evolution. That's as... fair. That's fair. As, as um, not wanting those elements to stagnate and get repetitive. I do see that. Yeah, I. I don't know. Maybe because if you don't twist things up, then people <laughs> do get bored. All right. To be fair, I will. I will agree with you on 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 that uh, on that logic because that. I'm not saying I personally agree like emotionally with <laughs> how well. Or anything. I, I, I think I probably bailed out of the series before it got to that point that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, I can I can understand like the emotional feeling of oh hang on I, I, come on like you know your reaction when you're reading it mm-hmm. um, versus 
kind of in hindsight, I suppose, like yeah. understanding what was going on in in the making of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, with certain certain character deaths for the side cast, it did make a certain level of sense. Like at least a lot of the earlier ones, like uh, um, you know, some of the you know, I, I probably shouldn't go into you know too many spoilers, too many spoilers here in case any we have any people curious in the in the uh, audience who might want to try and look into it. But um, there was at least in the same arc that like the like one of the final arcs there were there was one character that did get killed off um that at least narratively speaking i didn't see a point to because something similar had already be, been tried in a previous arc i mean it, the death didn't end up going through at that point like it turned up like oh no like he was close to death but for the longest time we thought he was actually dead uh but then in this, like, final arc, like, oh, guess what? No, we are killing him off for real. I guess maybe it, maybe there is still a lot of emotional uh, attachment there that's probably keeping me from thinking rationally in terms of, like, you know, how that would serve the story. But I keep mm-hmm. thinking and try to, like, wrap my head around, like, how that makes sense. And I just, I'm, I got nothing. Why, why did it bother you if it was the final... Uh... The final steps of the story. It wasn't really the final, final steps. Let's put it that way. Okay. Because it was, it was still, it was kind of in that long, dragged out period where we're head, we know we're heading toward a conclusion, but mm-hmm. it's like it's it's still kind of like what's the what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I, I guess I'm really trying to say things without trying to go slightly, into spoilers. Slightly unearned. I guess because it feels like, because like I said, this was a character that had, um, in a, arc, you know, you, it's an arc you've seen. It was when they were trying to get, um, through, you know, and Sasuke was, uh, when the group was fracturing and he had left, there was a group going to try and find him. And there were a bunch of mm-hmm. characters who, you know, they were fighting a bunch of these, you know, the, you know, the bad guys at the time. And a lot of those fights were really, you know, really intense, and for several characters that were in that group, we thought that that had been the end of them. And so I felt like the whole, you know, fighting to the last stand kind of, you know, I'm fighting for someone because I believe in, you know, because I believe in what they're trying to do kind of thing had already been done in that particular story. Even though the death had not really followed through, it, you know, it felt like it had. So the point where they just decided, oh, guess what, we're doing it again for real. I don't know. I guess maybe the reason that they ended up doing it for the story didn't really add up to the point of not having that character there. But that's... Maybe, like I said, I'm coming from a more an emotional uh, standpoint to the point that I just, like, that really... Emotionally, I didn't agree with that as opposed to serving the narrative. But how how do you feel about Boruto getting a series? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to explain to Granddad what Boruto <laughs> actually is, because it just looks like a Barry Trotter style. It sounds, it sounds like someone doing a parody. It, Who is what is a Boruto? Boruto. Yeah, it's the next generation it's the son of, of Naruto it's everyone... and another character who we would not reveal for reasons. 
because it's such a stupid plot twist. Um, Definitely not Draco Malfoy. <laughs> and well, there's also other characters of children of the other original characters, basically. And the right. the original characters will appear as parents picking their kids up from school at the end of the day, I guess. <laughs> you know what? That is, from what we know, that is essentially my opinion of this Boruto series as of right now. I mean, So it's like, what if the Harry Potter <laughs> epilogue was a series? Yes! Yes! Right. So they're like, having a chat so... at the school gates going, oh, how's it going all right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time where we I? almost fought and killed each other? That almost killed <laughs> Wasn't that great? Wasn't that grand? We had such cool adventures back in the day. Like, yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Glad you can reminisce on that. <laughs> Some characters can't, but I'm glad you guys can. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the um, the fact that they the rights have been bought for a Hollywood adaptation. Oh, oh that's going to go great. I've I'd forgotten about that. Oh, Naruto, 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 what have you done to I me? I can't imagine that could go wrong in any way. <laughs> no. No, certainly not. Naruto evolution. I, I think you just have to look, you seriously, you just have to look at Dragon Ball Evolution. Mm-hmm. There's no other, because the, the, the other thing as well is like, it's, it's like when they tried to adapt the X-Men. In 2000, and they they were so embarrassed of the yellow spandex that they tried to like, oh no, let's make it like realistic and gritty. And then, if anything, like Marvel, the recent like Disney Marvel movies have, pro- have proven that you don't need to tone anything down at all. You can do Thor Ragnarok, and it can look as bright and colorful and and silly as you like, and people kind of invested in it if the characters are there mm-hmm. um, and uh, also I think the pull for Naruto is the fact that it is like a series it is a huge saga and, the, and that you have to watch hours and hours and hours of stuff to get him literally spend more time with the characters um than, you know, a 90-minute compression of, I don't know, whatever it would be. It would just end... I, all I know is that it would, climb, it would the climax would be uh, a reveal of the uh, the nine-tailed fox spirit mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, it wouldn't be satisfying. It would just be a, a movie rather than something that feels like it captures what makes Naruto appealing in the first place, mm-hmm. which I think is the fact that it is a long serial. Well, it's a long serial and that's it's it's even even with that, I mean I I'm not don't think that it's can be you know, you absolutely there are certain arcs that probably re- do require you to watch a lot of episodes in order, but there are even some times where I mean I can say, you know, even as a loyal fan, I have I have jumped around quite a bit with a lot of the different episodes, but still, 
certain episodes I would watch in series and really enjoy, but then sometimes I would just jump ahead maybe one or two episodes later and then I would be, you know, to catch a different story arc and then just be able to get into that. So there is a bit of a, uh, because it's so large, you can pick and choose a little bit, but it's, as a um, you know, as an unknown coming into it, it is really hard to know what to jump into. Well, it's, it's kind of true with all these long-running things. I've I've heard people actually point out before that they're kind of designed to be able to dip in and out of because they're such a huge commitment. If you actually were to watch or read all of them, that they're, mm-hmm. they're designed basically. For you. That's think... why there's so much recap and everything. This is what. What I heard from someone. That's interesting. I I feel the opposite. <laughs> particularly with like, well, yeah, yeah, the complete opposite. I I thought it was more the case that oh, there's this huge story. Where do I begin? Where the beginning? And then that's how you get people buying volume one still. Mm. Well, as someone who has had to dip in and out by necessity, basically. <laughs> I managed it, and I enjoy. You know, it. It. They worked. At, you know, I. I did some catching up or whatever, but. I. I did all right. I. I was. I could. I could work out. You know. <laughs> cool. So I think maybe they are kind of designed to be able to dip in and out, of, but. Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yes. Otherwise, it's tricky. It's quite a, quite a um undertaking to catch up yeah like i said it's 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 really you just gotta kind of pick and choose like see maybe like test taste test like the first like maybe 10 episodes and if it is or is not your thing then probably give it a pass like i i've said previously in uh earlier in this episode that if you really want to kind of get like a reader's digest of the story I would almost say just don't, like, bypass the show and the manga and uh, invest in the video games. But that's just... Cause this is coming from someone who uh, really enjoys video games and is actually relatively okay at playing them. So, you know, obviously... Mm-hmm. You gotta... I think either way as well, it's, it is um, for younger audiences. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's the I, whole motive I, of it is when really I think appealing of for kids that age. Oh, absolutely. When I think of Naruto now, I think of that that bit in Attack the Block where John Boyega is like, go home, uh, you know, play some FIFA, watch Naruto. <laughs> like he's talking, he's talking to uh, yeah. the younger kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I kind of put it with going home and playing FIFA and, uh, you know, I think if you were to start it now, I would, I would say... You know, watch it in the spirit of the Shonen show, yeah. which is what it is, and it will have moments which are melodramatic and kind of goofy. But if you take it, if you take it for what it is, then you, if you enjoy Shonen shows, then it's one of the better examples oh, yeah. of it, and mm-hmm. it's perfectly accessible because it's like all on Crunchyroll, so. <laughs> Oh yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is on Crunchyroll. Knock yourself out, and you know, oh, if if, if you enjoy it, then there's a hell of a lot of it to enjoy. So, hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the, it's it's definitely it's one of the better 
done, even like despite all the complaints we've littered about it in this uh, this overview. Um, I do really enjoy the story of it, the quintessentially what it was supposed to be about at the beginning, which is this kid who is kind of down on his luck, got no one, nothing really going for him, but learning that you know through hard work and just literally he scraping out a place for himself in um you know amongst his peers and his society that's a uh, as far as stories you know uh, coming of age stories go that's pretty that's fairly compelling and like i said a pretty good yeah. uh cast of characters around that and some fun action and uh choreography and yeah you got a got a series that's got a you know a lot going for it and hmm i realize at a certain point it has quite a few similarities with Harry Potter as well. Oh, yes. I was wondering if that was going to come up. Yeah, I mean, not as a bad thing, and not necessarily as a good thing either, just that it is similar in how, you know, your protagonist is a kind of cursed and blessed, Mm -hmm. like, sort of celebrity with lots of expectations, but... Well, at least in Naruto's case, not a celebrity in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah, that was um it's it's interesting that, that those two kind of series uh parallel to each other because I um I swear then in my uh, you know, early early high school that was all me and my friends talked about. It was either Naruto or <laughs> uh, Naruto or Harry Potter or some kind of combination thereof. Oh, well. I think we've uh I think we've come to the conclusion to this particular episode. So, uh for those of you who tuned in, thank you very much. And uh, we will uh, kind of wrap things up here. So if you want to follow more episodes of the podcast, you feel free to check out our website at animationforadults.com and stay tuned with the latest upcoming news and animation and reviews. And also, if you can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Pinterest. And I think I'm missing one. I always do. Uh, Google+. Plus. Gosh darn it. Google Plus. Definitely Google Plus. And, um, yeah, if you want to follow us individually, you can follow, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. Uh, Chris, where can we find you? Uh, Mr. Chris Dor on Twitter and Facebook. Very good. And Dan? You can find me at Hamu on Twitter. Thank you. And also, if you're interested on, uh, having us discuss certain topics for later episodes feel free to uh send us an email at uh editors for animation for adults or editors at animation for adults.com or if uh you'd like to support the podcast feel free to visit our patreon page and uh or um our, our latest uh crowdfunding site i believe uh, is called coffee i keep keep making sure i'm pronouncing that right where you can buy us a virtual cup of coffee we would really appreciate the support but in the meantime, we're going to sign off for today, and we will see you guys, or we will uh, discuss animation in the next upcoming podcast. Take care. Bye! Bye.
do not have the outro yeah. music, so I'm going to stop there. This is super robotic. <laughs> Bye. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Goodbye.